0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about some damn good beef with our friends over at Hassel Cattle Company. And it's so damn good that you can now get the Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. We couldn't resist putting the damn good beef at the bar. And now you can come down and build your own delicious Hassel Cattle Wagyu beef burger Add all the toppings you want and enjoy the watch parties with the finest beef. That's the ultimate stamp. I mean, we put our stamp on Breck Boob Brew by bringing it into, into the bar. Now we're putting our stamp on Hassle Cattle Company by bringing it into the bar. That means it is damn good. And Hassle Cattle Company is now offering DNVR listeners a buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. These delicious steaks are lean and very flavorful. They should be thinly sliced against the grain when carving, and it's an ideal choice if you're looking to marinate. These steaks are super affordable at only $9.99, and now you can buy three and get one free. Use that code DNVRflank at checkout to get that deal. That's DNVRflank at checkout to get buy three, get one free. And of course, you can also use the code DNVR10 for 10% off and all orders over $200 at Hassle Cattle Company get free shipping. So let's smash a few codes, DNVR flank, DNVR10 for 10% off. And of course, get over $200 to get that free shipping. Check out our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the
1: one and only. Couple with brick brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us DDNVR. We
0: are DNVR. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this victory Thursday. I'm your host Zach Stevens, joined by my man Andrew Mason, and the Colorado sports teams just keep. Winning an overtime thriller from the Avs last night just puts us in a fantastic mood to start this pod. But before we do, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education, which allows you to adapt into varying careers. And you can go build that toolbox over at MSU Denver. Whether you want to take one class or whether you want to get a degree, you can do that over at MSU Denver, which will help you through these uncertain times. The professors do a great job of bringing the real world into the classroom so you can hit the ground running after you graduate. So make sure to check them out.
2: MSU Denver online. My boy, Mace, what's shaking? Hey, what's shaking? Did you know that uh, there is a group that uh, announced that it wants to restart the USFL? Did you see that this morning?
0: Oh, some more
2: football, huh? Yeah, you've already got the XFL that... uh, wants to come back in 2022 after their 2020 season was cut short by COVID. And now uh, you have a new USFL announcing that it'll play next spring with at least eight teams. We'll see if it gets off the ground. However, one of the interesting details, Zach, is that the USFL retained uh, the, the rights to their nicknames and logos and so forth. So why not say it? How do you, how do you like a little Denver gold maybe? in 2022 Ooh. they haven't Ooh. announced haven't announced cities haven't announced names but uh I, I you do wonder if they may try to revive some of the uh the old ones wouldn't that be interesting
0: that would be and hey nothing's better than more football so sign us up for that and man this is just the vibes are great in colorado right now mace
2: well, yes, they are. Uh, with uh, with the Avs and Nuggets and and their big wins and both going uh, overtime and um, let's uh, let's face it, the Avs getting a, a, a little a little bit lucky with a call in their favor, kind of a soft penalty. Although after what uh, we've seen from Vegas, I don't think Vegas has any right to complain about uh, a penalty called against the against them at this point. So Avs are up one nothing. Nuggets are up three games to two. It's a it's a heady time in Colorado, and uh, you know, obviously, it's because the sports calendar is uh, has changed this year because of COVID. But never seen anything quite like this in June in the history of Colorado sports. Usually, it's a time where things are getting quiet. Instead, so it's louder than ever.
0: Yeah, seriously. And Mace, someone that is louder than ever is our friend Tim Patrick. We spoke to him yesterday, and man, is he just such a, a joy and pleasure to cover. He's so full of energy. He's not afraid to speak what's on his mind. And man, what he says is exactly what you want to hear out of any teammate uh, uh, on a team. Because Tim is all about the team. Mace, he has a breakout year last year. And then yesterday he comes out and says, I'll do whatever I need to do in order for this team to win. If that's me covering punts and kickoffs, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing that to my best. If it's me cheering on the the guys on offense, when I'm on the sideline, that's what I'm going to do. He knows who he is as a player, which is a damn good player. Uh, But he knows that, you know, there's, this may be his last year in Denver and he's doing whatever he can not to get rack up stats on his own, but to help the team win, you absolutely love to see it and talking to Tim yesterday, Mace made me take a step back and think, what's this Broncos receiver room going to look like this year? How's it going to unfold? I know we've touched on this in the off season, but I think my mind is actually starting to change. Obviously, you know, you're going to have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, but then what Mace?
2: Then what? And it becomes what you want. Do you want uh, uh, the steady, reliable presence of, of Tim Patrick? Do you want the speed of KJ Hamler? Now, one thing that is interesting right now, of course, and why this discussion is relevant is KJ Hamler, again, on the shelf with a hamstring issue. And uh, doesn't seem like it's as serious as some of the hamstring problems with which he dealt in the 20 in in the course of 2020, from the hamstring issue that he had at the combine to what he ha- had to handle in the preseason, into the regular season. But with Hamler, you're starting to wonder about whether he's going to be as reliable as you need him to be. If these hamstring issues are just going to persist and be part of the equation with him, and if that's the case, then it's going to be hard for him to gain traction because Tim Patrick who had no drops last year. Every pass targeted to him was caught. Tim Patrick is Mr. Reliable.
0: And Mace, you're exactly right. That's, that's kind of why I have some doubt as to KJ really being the third option on this team. it's, without a doubt that the organization wants KJ to be that guy for for a variety of reasons. He's your second round pick. He brings something to the table that no other wide receiver on your team does. And that is just blazing speed. He's a small shifty guy. The, the, the Broncos just don't have that. They have an excellent route runner in Jerry Judy. They have, you know, a jump ball guy in Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton pro bowl receiver in, in Cortland Sutton. But one thing they don't have is KJ Hamler. He's a second round pick has something that 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 other people don't don't have on the team and then macy's also cost controlled your favorite thing cost controlled wide receiver drink. for a couple of years yes drink at 9 a.m i love it <laughs> but mace in order to use kj hamler he has to be available and what we've seen from kj is that availability may be his biggest weakness right now. It th- right now he's not practicing with the team during OTAs because he tweaked his hamstring we found out earlier this week from Vic and that's his fourth hamstring injury in the past 14 months. He suffered three or two last year with the Broncos. He had one during the combine which held him out of the combine for the most part and now this one this is something where I'm saying, "Oh gosh," Last year, if you wanted to be optimistic, you could say maybe it was just a, a tough year for KJ's hamstring. He takes the entire off-season this year to heal it, get 100%, and maybe he will never have a problem again, or at least not as frequently. Now, I can't say that. Uh, he, he's He's a guy where he's built off speed. He's built off those hamstrings, and it just appears that those are going to flare up, not just occasionally, but often. So this is a guy that... You can't rely on it. At least if I'm the Broncos, I'm not relying on him. And it stinks to say. But the good thing is, Mace, you got Tim Patrick right there. He's as reliable as they come.
2: Yeah, it's their skill sets could scarcely be. More different. Their sets of strengths could couldn't be any different. I mean, KJ is a smaller uh, receiver who relies on his speed to to get to blow by you, and you know Tim Patrick is the guy that's going to you know he's not going to get a heck of a lot of separation, uh, but he's going to be able to make a catch in a tight window. He's going to be able to make a catch with a defender bearing down, bearing down on him. And the other thing with KJ Hamler, of course, is even though he has all that speed, he along with Tim Patrick. Or where Jerry Judy, pardon me, had drop issues last year. You know, last year KJ Hamler, according to Pro Football Reference, had seven drop passes among thirty-seven among thirty-seven catchable passes thrown his way. So not only is the health an issue, but but he's got the issue of his hands. And while I think he can improve there, the fact that he had the same issue at Penn State, uh, that's something where you have to say, all right, he's probably going to drop a fair amount of passes. Just his entire career. That's just the, that is, that's the way he, he functions. Now, if with the speed that he's gotten and the the ability to take the top off of defense, he can comp, he has the potential to compensate for that when he's out there. But, uh, we kind of saw that in only in only short bursts last year. You're you're you were hoping that he would have more than 12.7 yards per catch. Uh, for example, uh, th- that's, that's what he finished with in 2020. So everything seems focused on reliability in this offense. The, the quarterback who wins the job is probably going to be the one who makes the fewest mistakes. So I'll ask you, Zach, do you think the receiver who ends up being the number three option is going to be the one Who is the most reliable and has the fewest hiccups?
0: I do. I do, Mace. And the thing is with that third receiver, you don't need anything crazy because you have crazy and Cortland Sutton crazy in a good way. Of course you have crazy and Jerry Judy. Do you want the flash and explosion from that third guy? Absolutely. But if that, if it means that that's once every four games or once every other game, well, you use that then, but it's actually a fantastic situation for the Broncos. Of course, you don't want KJ injured and, and on and off the field, but you have a fantastic situation where not only do you have have a guy that's super reliable in Tim Patrick that you can count on to play anywhere on the field. You can plug and play him. You can play him with little notice. Uh, but he's also a guy that's willing to take that role. I mean, this couldn't be working out better for the Broncos for the short term and maybe even the long term. And so Mace, my, my question to you is let's put this to numbers. Who has more receiving yards this year? Assuming Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy uh, are the two leading wide receivers for the Broncos in receiving yards, who ends up being third?
2: KJ Hamler. Or, or, sorry, I was thinking about something else. Um, it's Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick is the guy who's going to be third, mm. not KJ Hamler. I think
0: so too. I think so too. And when you look at last year for having three hamstring injuries in one calendar year, KJ actually played in 13 games. So props to him for battling through it. But There were times where he was battling through at Mace, and you can tell that he, you could tell that he wasn't himself. You know, he had a couple of games where he didn't have a single catch, no yards. He had 13 yards in one game, four yards in another game where Tim Patton and and he totaled 381 receiving yards last year. Uh, Some people may say that's disappointing. I think that's what you probably should have expected from KJ last year, especially with the quarterback situation. Tim last year, Mace, had over double, 742 receiving yards, six touchdowns. That's, I think, the consistency that the Broncos are going to rely on this year.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. And uh, it even bears itself out in the number of targets. Now, this includes off-target passes, but Tim Patrick was targeted 79 times, so he played 15 games. That means he's, he's targeted uh, about 5.3 times per game. KJ Hamler plays uh, 13 games, uh, 56 total targets. All uh, that's, that's roughly, uh, I believe uh, 4. 4.3 times per game. So literally Patrick is getting targeted once per game more often then KJ Hamler he has reliability it, it's not like Tim Patrick wasn't productive when he got when he got those passes he averaged 14 and a half yards yards per catch and, uh, uh, it's still a pretty robust average even if you take out that 61 yarder at the end of the the dolphin game when Drew Locke was just trying to throw the ball away and out of bounds and Tim Patrick still caught the ball so he it's 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 not like Tim Patrick we kind of talk about him being reliable but it's not like we're talking about him being, uh, being late career Larry Fitzgerald, where he's averaging something like eight yards of catch, and he's just the guy who's kind of doing the short area stuff. Tim, Tim can make plays downfield as well. Don't discount that about him. And Tim oh, can man. make people. And Tim can make people miss. He can do. Th- he can do things after the catch.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, he absolutely can. And now saying this and in having this conversation and Mace, I really had no idea coming into this conversation, what you were going to say, because probably a week ago, I would have gone with KJ because he was out there during OTAs. He he looked fine last week, uh, especially looked really good wearing that number one. Uh, But now with this other hamstring, like I said, I can't discount uh, last year and just say, maybe it was just a bad year with this hamstring, this, seems like an issue that's going to be with him for his career, potentially at least this year. Um, But I still have high hopes for KJ when he's on the field. And what's kind of interesting about KJ is last year, Outside of one game, he wasn't the home run hitter like we thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be a guy where you get creative with him uh, and, and you send him, you know, in motion. And then he turns upfield for a huge pass. Uh, you hand the ball off to him and he can take it 40 yards on the ground. Broncos didn't run with him that much. They did it occasionally, but he never had a breakout run. The The longest run he had, I believe was for 15 yards last year. So that's, that's more on the coaching staff than on KJ. I need to see KJ get the ball in creative ways when he's able to be on the field. The other thing, which really surprised me is like you said, he only averaged 12.7 receiving yards last year, which was two yards less than Tim Patrick. So it kind of goes against completely who we thought KJ was going to be, but credit to him. He was a consistent receiver when he was on the field, you know, he was catching three passes for 30 yards two, two passes for 24 yards, three passes for 13 yards. He she showed that he can be more of an every down receiver than just, you know, a big play uh, one trick pony type of guy, but. I need to see more explosion from him. I mean, we, we saw it in one game last year. It was the Carolina Panthers game where Drew absolutely went off. KJ went off. He had two catches, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. Two catches and two touchdowns. Pretty darn good for 86 yards. I thought that's more who KJ was going to be. But if if you look before that, Mace, th- there were no other big plays that, that KJ had. So I loved and was very encouraged last year by seeing KJ be a possession receiver because we thought we, he was going to be a big explosion guy, but I need to see more of that this year. And that's not just on KJ. That's on the coaching staff too. And it falls
2: on both of their laps. And another interesting thing. I mean, it's not like uh, he, he was on the field quite a bit in a good chunk of games. I mean, I'm looking at the games that he played and seeing the percentage of snaps that he was on the field for uh week two, Pittsburgh, 62%. Week three, Tampa Bay, ninety-two uh, percent uh, throttled back when he got when he uh, tweaked. He got another injury against the Jets, only twenty percent of the snaps. Then he returns against Kansas City, thirty-nine percent. Chargers, eighty percent. Falcons, seventy-five percent. Raiders, eighty-seven percent. Dolphins, fifty-eight percent, and on and on. He's playing more than half of the snaps almost every week that he is out there and and healthy he played 77% of the snaps in that Buffalo game. One week after the Carolina game, you referenced where he went off. He had one catch for four Mm -hmm. yards. And yeah, you know, look receiver is a high variance position. So we're usually going to see, even with the great ones, there's going to be a, a decent level of, of week to week variance for most guys. But I don't think the Broncos can say that they got enough from KJ Hamler. And then just, you know, look, they're going to play Jerry Judy extensively. You can see that from how they're using him at OTAs. And uh, and I think uh, that the fact that he has already spoken to the media uh, tells you that he factors in their plans. And I think the fact that Tim Patrick has spoken to me, we've heard from those three wide receivers uh, in the in the Zoom press conferences. And I think there's a, there's a certain significance to that in terms of how they are, are planning to use guys. If they're a prominent player, they're going to be somebody who has talked talk publicly by this point in OTAs. And so we've, the fact that I think we heard from Patrick, I think says an awful lot about how they view him at this point and what their plans for him are.
0: Yeah, exactly. I totally, totally agree with you, Mace. And I wonder if it extends beyond this year too. And that's what I want to ask you is how does all of this impact beyond just this year? But first Mace got some breaking news Manscaped has dropped the lawnmower 4.0. It is the best razor out there. It's the best trimmer that you can get, regardless of if it's above the neckline, below the belt. It's the best thing out there. And you can now get it in the United States and Canada And guys, this trimmer is incredible. Over 2 million men worldwide have trusted Manscaped. And now, using the code DNVR over at manscaped.com, you can pick up the best trimmer out there. And guys, this has the ceramic blade and skin safe technology that you're used to. And it's even better now because it has a, a, a travel lock for when you're traveling. It's got an on and off switch for that LED light. 4,000K LED light, which will help shine everything where the sun don't shine, and also, guys, wireless charging, which helps with battery life stay longer, and it also is a quicker charge, so you don't have to worry about ever running out of battery. It's also got different lengths, sizes one to four, and like I said, you can get 20% off by using that code DNVR over at Manscaped.com. Make sure to get
2: in on the Lawnmower 4.0. All right. You know how much we love you, but you've been letting us down lately because our longest and loyal part, most loyal partner to date Strava craft coffee hasn't felt the love lately. So we need to change that and to change that with a new code for everyone. That's 25% off. We've told you in the past about DNVR 20. Now we're going to tell you about DNVR 25 uh, that will give you 25% off anything over at Strava craft coffee. Of course, that coffee is CBD infused helps with so many ailments for me, for example, sometimes helps with headaches. So use that mash code DMVR25, get 25% off or subscribe and get regular deliveries of Strava craft coffee to your door for 20% off for life. So you can say, Hey, I want my Strava every eight weeks. And if you subscribe, it will always be 20% off, not just a one-time code. So you want to try Strava craft coffee, DNVR 25, that code for one time use is a good way to do it at home. If you're in the area, why don't you come on down to DNVR bar? There's a lot of reasons to come down to the DNVR bar anyway, but one of them is the cold brew from Strava, which is on tap at the DNVR bar. Maybe you don't want to, uh, maybe, maybe you don't want to have alcohol. Maybe you want to actually have a little uh, pep in your step, get a little caffeine, get a little of that uh, CBD to help you with whatever is ailing you. And you can do that with the cold brew on tap at the DNVR bar. So if you want to try Strava craft coffee, come on down to the DNVR bar, have it on tap on the cold brew, or use that magical code DNVR 25, get 25% off your first order. And if you like what you've experienced, subscribe and get 20% off for life and get delivered regularly. You can get it in whole bean ground, uh, K cup, Nespresso pod, whatever you want. So check out our friends over at Strava craft coffee.
0: And when you're at the DNVR bar, I mean, you could double fist it when you're there Strava craft coffee, cold brew in one hand and also a member size beer in the other hand. That could be a pretty dangerous combo and in a fun way. I think if, if you limit both of them and, but the member sized beer is 22 ounce tall boy for the price of a 16 ounce pint. And you get that every single beer you have over at the DNVR bar. All you have to do is ask for the member beer, show them that you're part of our family and boom, you get six ounces of beer free on every every single beer that you have and you can have our delicious breck brews as well. You can have a Hassel Cattle Company burger over at the DNVR bar. You can meet us, you can be on some live pods. There are so many benefits that's just scratching the surface of what you get when you join our family. Another thing, when you sign up for our annual membership, you get a free t-shirt of your choice and guys, these are the best t-shirts out there. We just got some new nugget shirts in yesterday. I saw them and boy Do they look good? The Joker shirt. So. So good. We're going to have some Broncos shirts coming up, especially if Aaron Rodgers' deal happens. And we, there's that, that again just scratches the surface of everything you get. You get the member deal of the week, which gets you discounts for with us. And that pays for itself right there. And also, you get the exclusive right to leave comments on this podcast. And of course, read all of our content, not just Broncos, but Avs, Nuggets, Rockies, Buffs, Rams, Colorado Exos. You get that all for an entire year when you sign up for that annual membership. And it also really supports us. So we really, really appreciate that if you do that. And Mace, one of the things that, that we talked about right before we, we jumped into some ads was Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. How does this year impact the future of these guys? Cause KJ Hamler under contract for two more seasons after this year on a rookie deal, that cost controlled rookie deal. And with Tim Patrick though, he's a second round tender right now. So he is a free agent after this season is Tim gone pretty much no matter what, because you're going to have to pay Cortland Sutton. You got Jerry Judy coming up or how does this year potentially impact the future?
2: I don't think he's ne- he's necessarily gone. And I think, uh, Cortland Sutton factors into that because if you start making your long-term plans, yeah, you like Cortland Sutton an awful lot, but what if you're, what if Jerry Judy emerges as the wide receiver one and you're thinking, okay, we don't necessarily need to, to have a complimentary receiver that makes 17 to 20 million dollars a year. And maybe you can get Tim Patrick signed at 8 to 10 million dollars a year. Mm, yep. And that's that's where it gets interesting. I mean, if let's say Tim Patrick in terms of his skill set and production, let's say that Tim Patrick is 85 to 90% of Courtland Sutton and you could re-sign him for 50% of the price and this is happening in a universe in which Jerry Judy has built on uh, the, the issues of last year that he he learned he learned from that. I think we see it's early, but I think we see ample evidence that Jerry Judy has uh, has started to take the next steps and is putting the drops of last year behind him and is sh- right. and is letting his skills rise to the fore. And then you have Noah Fant who effectively is another wide receiver and he's somebody who you're going to want to create more opportunities for as well. That combination means, and Noah Fant, I mean, he's going into year three. So the Broncos have to make a call on his fifth year option coming up after this season, he starts to get more expensive here in the very near future. So you may look at the, at the landscape and say, Hey, we love Cortland Sutton, but we can keep Tim Patrick for a fraction of the cost of Cortland Sutton, and we're still stacked at receiver. So that's why I, I don't think it's a slam dunk that Tim Patrick is not a Bronco in 2022. I think it's very possible he's back. But what I don't see, Zach, is both Sutton and Patrick back.
0: Mm. And Mace, I love that, that we view this different because I, I love your viewpoint. And I think it makes a lot of sense. The only thing that I can't get past in, in, in your presentation of this is the Broncos saying bye to Cortland Sutton. Now I think it'd be fantastic if Jerry Judy proves that he's even better than Cortland Sutton and, and turns out to be the number one on this team, but I think everyone in Broncos country loves Cortland Sutton. I think George Payton and Vic Fangio are the number one fan club member in that Cortland Sutton uh, fan club. They absolutely love him unless he comes out and just shows that he's not recovered from that injury and may never be recovered from that injury. Mace. I don't see George Payton and that that's the one who's important here. I don't see George Payton letting him go uh, or or trading him or moving on from him in any sort of way. So in my mind, when I view this, I just view, okay, Cortland Sutton's going to get what he's going to get 17, $18 million. I'm not saying that's right because that's a crazy amount to spend on a wide receiver. Uh, But I just think that just like Justin Simmons, George Payton's not going to let Cortland Sutton go. So then I think, okay, how do they deal with the rest of this room? Obviously, Jerry Judy's here for the long term. They're going to sign him if he continues to be this player. And if not, well, they still have him for, for two more years after this year on that rookie deal and then the fifth year option as well. So don't have to worry about Jerry. I think it comes down to if KJ Hamler proves that he can be the third receiver on this team and he can be reliable and he can be uh, explosive and also reliable on the field, then I think that the Broncos are going to say, Tim. You know, this is kind of a Shack Barrett moment here. We love you, but there's no room for you on this team. You can be better somewhere else. Tim's going to realize that, and also Tim's going to realize that he can get more money somewhere else. I wouldn't think for a third slash fourth receiver, really a fourth receiver, the Broncos would pay him eight to ten million dollars. So it'd be it'd be a very mutual parting of the ways, but. Let's say K.J. Hamler comes out and just injuries continue to nag him this year, and he's on the field for half the games this year. When he's on the field, he's impactful, but he's just not someone that the coaching staff can count on. Then I could see a situation, Mace, where the Broncos pay $17 million to Cortland Sutton per year and $8 million to Tim Patrick. And I think how they would design it, is so that Tim Patrick wouldn't be getting like a five-year $8 million per year deal. He'd be getting like a three-year $8 million per year deal where that once Jerry Judy's pay comes up and you have to pay him, Tim would be off your books at that point. But I think that they would be willing to do that because then you look and the Broncos would have a lot invested in that wide receiver room. But what would that be? Eight million for Tim, seventeen million for Cortland. You're at twenty-five mil, another five-ish mil for Jerry. You're at thirty mil. That's that's a lot, but that's not like paying two receivers twenty million dollars each, and then you're at you know forty just with two receivers. It, that would be a position that you'd be spending a lot on. But I think that that's a route that they could go down. Where, where, do you disagree
2: with that, Mace? Um, I I think I slightly, I disagree because here's the thing, part of it's going to be the quarterback, right? And if your quarterback, let's, if your quarterback is drew lock in 2022, certainly that solves a lot of problems. And one of the problems that is solved, quite frankly, is that you can go completely cost controlled for one more year. And then at least for one year, you can, maybe you can squeeze all that. I think one thing that could be an option if drew lock does well and is back in 2022 is that Cortland sutton gets tagged for a year mm. and they re sign tim patrick and they start figuring out what to do long term but if it's if it's aaron Rodgers, yeah you want to give him all the receivers you can but you also got to start thinking about the overall kind of cost here and uh, and what's going to happen the other thing is we i think you can't just talk about wide receivers in a vacuum because yeah, ha- because you have to get into the cost of Noah Fant when his fifth year option comes up. And that's, pr- and uh, let's say Noah Fant gets to a pro bowl in the next couple of years. Then all of a sudden, Noah Fant probably looks at uh, approximately a nine, $10 million price tag in 2023 and then something bigger beyond that. And yeah, so you're almost trying to decide, okay, which is the ho- which is the harder player to replace here? Is it going to be a Cortland Sutton, or is it going to be a Noah Fant? And while you have high hopes for Albert OQuebunam, we still we know that he still has a long, long way to go as a blocker. Noah Fant isn't the best blocker, but he's a willing blocker, and he's miles and miles ahead of where where Albert O is, and certainly the time that uh, OQuebunam. Missed because of the injury, and now he's still working his way back. That's not helping him get uh, uh, get up to speed in a way that you, you want him to, so he can catch up in that department. So, do you do, do you look at Courtland Sutton in the prism of Noah Fant coming in the future and say say okay, who is the harder guy to find if we lose him? Uh, it's I would say it's hard. It's it's harder to find a tight end than another receiver like Cortland Sutton. Now, the other thing I think you mentioned is you talk about how Broncos country feels about him. We know George Payton likes Cortland Sutton. Loves it. But, but he also is going to have to make some pragmatic uh, decisions here. And, and a pragmatic decision might be that uh, while I like Cortland Sutton, I like him at a certain price point, especially with what else is coming, to, coming down the road. and And the other thing is, I'll ask you this, Zach, who leads the Broncos in receptions and and yards this year? Who do you think?
0: I think it's going to be Jerry Judy. I think think he's going to be the one because Cortland Sutton's coming back from that injury. And Mace, I I totally agree with you that George Payton's going to have to make some tough decisions. You actually hope he's going to have to make some Mm -hmm. tough decisions. That means the Broncos have so many good players. But what we saw with Justin Simmons is that he didn't really care about price with Justin. And and I just think with the way that George Payton has talked about Cortland Sutton so far that he's just not going to care about price either. I totally understand where you're coming from. I just see it a different way. And so I think it's almost yeah. going to be like, name your price. Kind of like with Justin, that the name, your price was over $15 million a year. The most, the highest paid safety in the league.
2: Yeah. And I would say that if that, if it comes to that, I don't think that's a very sensible call, especially if Jerry Judy leads you in reception and yards as clearly your number one receiver. Cortland Sutton's gonna want wide receiver one money. But if he's not your wide receiver one, how can you justify paying him that? That that yeah. would seem that would seem to be a a fool a foolish move unless you're sacrificing from some other area. And the other thing that comes into play is if all if the roads lead to Aaron Rodgers and uh, uh, your little bit of Aaron Rodgers, for those who are interested, is that uh, uh, ESPN reporter um, Rob Domovsky was on uh, ESPN radio in Chicago this morning saying that he does not expect Aaron Rodgers to ever play for the Packers again.
0: Ooh,
2: that Rogers as he put it, Rogers is uh, dug in at this point. Doesn't think he's going to change his mind about coming back to Green Bay. So, if you live in a universe where Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, then the, all the decisions on receivers, you're going to run by Aaron Rodgers.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're you're, you're going you're gonna to ha- give him a seat at the table and saying, okay, who do you like working with the best? And that's the thing that could come up because if you have Aaron Rodgers and he says, yeah, I want Cortland Sutton and I want Tim Patrick, And I want no offense. They're all getting contracts in the next few
0: years. (laughs) Yes. It's like Oprah.
2: You get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get a contract, you get a contract, you get a contract. Happy days for everybody.
0: Yeah. And Mace, in fact, I think this whole conversation, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or not, is really showing that a big shift with the Broncos in terms of how they pay their team is coming very, very soon Mm -hmm. because you have the, the offense is in the bottom five in terms of investment, in terms of how much money is being spent on them. And the defense is top five in terms of how much money is being spent on them. We talk about all these guys paying Cortland Sutton, potentially paying Tim Patrick, paying Jerry Judy. Now he's he's many more years down the line, paying maybe a Dalton Reisner, paying a quarterback, paying Javante Williams. Now that is also many years down the line and paying Noah Fant. If you're going to have to keep all those guys, you're not going to letting those guys walk if they turn to be proved to be superstars and prove to to be that good and that they're going to cost you tons of money. Well, that means you're not going to be able to pay some defensive guys. You're going to get Bradley Chubb off the books. You're going to get Kareem Jackson off the books. You're going to get a couple of these cornerbacks off the books in order to open up this money. Uh, and to me, Mace, then that, that's why the Broncos drafted cornerback this year is because they know what's coming in just a couple of years and they need young guys, young cost controlled guys on that defensive side of the ball. Cause they're going to be paying everyone on offense.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to, and, uh, and the interesting thing is you're going to see some guys that do get paid on the defensive side, but how many of them? We know Justin Simmons has his contract already in his back pocket. Uh, Bradley Chubb has got the fifth-year option. All signs are they're going to try to get him done for the long term. And, yeah, if you're living in a universe where Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, I think you're looking at Von Miller uh, finding a way to take a deal that brings him back to, uh, to Denver for 2022 and beyond but then you, you have to, you're going to have to focus on, on the draft to fill the other holes. And, uh, you know, don't forget, you're going to have to probably address uh, offense, continue to address offensive line from time to time in the draft as well. Even though you're, you're set at left tackle, we're seeing like the Broncos having to, you know, do some, you know, do some patchwork over on, on the right side at right tackle in the wake of the Jawan James fiasco. So It'll be mostly defensive drafts, and like you say, it's going to be kind of an inversion of what we've seen. This team has spent heavily on defense the last few years. I think actually no matter what happens, a quarterback, the, 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 the pendulum will tilt uh, to the offense. It's just that if Aaron Rodgers walks through that door, the pendulum tilts considerably to offense. Maybe you're talking about 60 or 65% of your expenditures going on the offensive side.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. Mace, I've really enjoyed this conversation uh, because there there, there's so many different ways to view this. And I really enjoy that you and I have different ways to view this. And to me, this is all going to come down to KJ Hamler this year in terms of how they move forward at receiver after this year, how they move forward at receiver this year. But the great thing is, is they're set up perfectly with having Tim Patrick there.
2: They are. And personally, I don't like the idea of letting go of Tim Patrick because you like having somebody who's just uber reliable, and I, uh, and the other thing is Zach, I love I love the undrafted guys that really make something huge of themselves. T- Tim's got a chip on his shoulder, and it's not quite to the degree of Rod Smith, but it reminds me a little of Rod, and I fear that if they let him go, somebody else is going to get the best of Tim Patrick. Yeah, and we're going to be sitting I- here thinking the same thing about him that we thought that we think about Shaq Barrett today.
0: Mm, because mace i don't think we've seen the best of tim yet even yeah. last year i don't think he got like a hundred percent
2: shot with the broncos yeah i, I think there are a thousand yard seasons and hundred catch seasons in tim patrick before he's done and i'd yeah. love to see the broncos get them somehow some way and We'd love to see you over at Green Mountain Dental. Of course, we've had several DNBR listeners who switched over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and made them their permanent family dentists, And they've reached out to let us know how great their experiences were. There's honestly nothing more, more rewarding than hearing that kind of thing from our listeners. So if you make the switch, tell us what your experience is. And if you don't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is based in Lakewood. They're the best damn family owned dentist in the metro area. And they're big time Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. And we talk about the family here at DNVR. They'll treat you like family. If you become a new patient, they'll send a card to your home. Uh, Lindsay, our sales director, had her wisdom teeth removed. They called her up a few days later to check on her, see how she was doing. Uh, they So in other words, you visit Green Mountain Dental. It's not just where you're a patient on the day of your appointment. They will check up on you, make sure you're doing all right if there are any concerns. So schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam today, and you'll receive a free sonicare toothbrush that's just not just some throwaway ball game meant life windbreaker give a freebie this is something legit the sonicare toothbrush it's what i use at home it's terrific what it will do is it, it'll promote good brushing habits because every 30 seconds you're gonna hear a beep and then go to the next part of your mouth you should brush your teeth for two minutes every time you brush and that means brushing each quadrant of your mouth for 30 seconds And Sonicare will help you do that. That's what I mean when I tell you about how it promotes good brushing habits. Green Mountain Dental Group is only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They're in Lakewood. They always want you to know that the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth. So get a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental and get that free Sonicare toothbrush today.
0: Got to tell you about our friends over at solace Meds because they're a new partner, and we've got to tell you about the smoking hot deals they have. If you go into one of their stores or go online, you'll get 15% off all Gold Shelf concentrates. These are all for the month of June. 20% off Juana tinctures and tarts. 20% off Mountain Select cartridges. 20% off Blues Brothers joint packs. 20% off Keith Cola products. 25% off Dixie products, and of course they're all also doing weekly vendor pop-ups in June and May so here's the kicker you can get all of these deals and 20% off. So you get those deals plus 20% off by using the code DNVR20. And if you check out their store in Wheat Ridge and use that code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off and a free Solace Bar or King Cone. I mean, the deals, you can just stack deal on deal over at Solace Meds. And of course they have four locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from us at the DNVR Bar on East Colvex. So make sure to check them out. Use that code DNVR20 to get 20% off on top of those other deals. And of course, you can also go online at solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. And of course, when you go on there, use that 20 DNVR20 for 20% off from our friends over at
2: Solace Meds. Also want to tell you about our friends over at Gabby Insurance, because when it comes to car and home insurance, you deserve better, and so does the staff at DMVR. And a lot of members and staff at DMVR put their policy to test, turning to Gabby. And when they did, they found that Gabby could have saved them a hundred, hundreds of dollars. Eric Weedham, you know him as d Co., saved over $1,300. So, Gabby, what is it? First of all, Gabby, G-A-B-I, stands for get a better insurance. And getting better insurance for get with Gabby means getting a better price for the same insurance coverage that you've got right now. Who knew something like this exists? Gabby is the one true comparison platform of real rates and will give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers, including big names like Progressive Nationwide and Travelers. Here's what you do. Use your current insurance information to get started. In just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you have, and it's free to use. It takes minutes to do. They're not going to sell your info, so no spam, robocalls, or anything like that. And Gabby customers save, on average, $961 per year on insurance. Now, you might find out that you're already paying the lowest possible price, and then you just go forth knowing you've got the best deal on insurance. But you might find out that you could save a little or even a lot. And that's why you should check out Gabby insurance free to check out no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash DNBR. So they know that we sent you that's geek that's G a B I.com slash DNBR Gabby.com slash DNBR.
0: Oh, Alright Mace, let's hop into the comment section, talk to our friends. First one coming in from Sound Guy. I know it's early, but have you seen any noticeable improvements to Drew's game? If you have, what are the improvements? What are the areas he still needs to work on? Well Mace, I think we've really touched on this. Uh just about how Drew is not looking deep. He's really looking short, and I don't view that as a negative to him right now. In fact, that could be viewed as a positive. That's something that he really struggled with last year was hitting the open guys, looking for checkdowns, not forcing things downfield. I like that. He's doing that right now. Now, how does that change when there's pressure and when it's 11 on 11 and when there's rush in his face, is he just throwing the ball deep? We'll find that out starting next week, but I like that, that he's focusing on taking the checkdowns, taking the plays that are there.
2: Yeah, I like that he's focused on that. Now, that being said, when he uh, uh, did try to go vertical 15, 20 yards downfield, had one nice throw outside the numbers uh, on Tuesday, but also had a couple of plays that uh, were nearly picked off. So he's he's still kind of working through uh, some accuracy stuff. The footwork has been a bit better. He still is kind of tapping a little bit too much as he gets set. So I want to see him settle that down a little bit more, but the the thing with drew Locke is it's never been a question of whether he can get it right in practice when there's no rush. And of course, seven on seven we've seen last the last couple of weeks is no pass rush. It's all about what happens in real time, full tilt, under, under pressure, under a blitz. How does he respond to that? Is he still able to have good fundamentals, even as other things are breaking down? That's why, we're a long way from being able to tell the tale of whether June Locke has taken the steps he needs to or not.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree, Mace. Next one from Rick dv 12 Hey, gents, no question, but I do want to tell you about the best pb and I've ever had. It was at a restaurant in Baltimore, uh, Rocket to Venus. They made the PB&J with grape jelly, dipped it into pancake batter, then deep fried it. But wait, there's more. After frying it, they then scooped, They scooped ice cream on it and whipped cream on top. I'm drooling thinking about it and want to take a trip there just for the sandwich. Thanks for all the amazing content and have a great day. Holy cow, Mace. That may be the best PB and J ever. And the unfortunate part is I looked up rocket to Venus and I I don't know if it's on there. It it doesn't seem like it's on their menu anymore. What? Yeah. This thing of beauty isn't on their menu at least online maybe they have a secret menu for it or something
2: i mean now we're talking about the entree menu right because i, I read something like that and i think that's that's dessert mm, yeah
0: seriously
2: <laughs> I, I i don't but i it's i'm looking there right now and i see like a i see a brunch menu i see yeah it's i i i, I wow they've got uh, beyond burgers they've got uh do other things but i don't maybe there's a separate dessert menu that we haven't seen and that they have i don't know but that that's what i look at that and i think that is that that's a dessert item right there i think
0: oh for sure yeah. i mean i uh, you could convince me maybe a little breakfast i mean you got pancake in there yeah. you got some jelly whipped
2: cream yeah yo quiero pancakes ohio bronco Elix. okay okay so do you guys prefer crunchy peanut butter or creamy Creamy is the truth. Zach, your thoughts? I like both. I mean, I think sometimes you
0: you do need that crunch. Sometimes, especially in a PB&J, that crunch is what you need. If you're working with white bread that's like very uh, just airy, there's no crunch to that. If there's no crunch to the jelly, then you need a little crunch or else it's all just mush. But also, I,
2: I do like creamy. I, I'm a guy that likes both. Oh, creamy only for me. The crunchy, the nuts get stuck between my teeth. No, thank you. I just like it nice and smooth. That's the whole thing of peanut butter. I just want it smooth.
0: I feel like if you eat it with white bread, like I was talking about the, like the airy white bread, uh, Mm -hmm. jelly and uh, creamy peanut butter, you don't even need to use your teeth. You can just kind of eat it with your tongue, like just like smashing it on the roof of your tongue. (laughs) That's awesome. That's actually pretty (laughs) awesome.
2: (laughs) Also good food. If you are older and you have dentures, perhaps and you just want something smooth. On a more serious note, who is the most overrated player on the Broncos and who is the most underrated? My most overrated player is Melvin Gordon. Sorry, Melvin, you'll prove me wrong this year. My most underrated player is Tim Patrick with Drew Locke in a close second.
0: Wow. I mean, a couple surprising things. I I would have thought that Melvin Gordon would have proved you wrong at the end of last year when he was really good to a- end the season, but apparently not. And surprised that Drew is one of your most underrated players. Uh Tim Patrick is certainly up there. I think Bryce Callahan is a guy that's up there because when he's on the field, Mace, he's very, very good. It's just that's the issue, is he just He's had trouble staying on the field, but I think people kind of overlook just how good he is, being you know the best slot cornerback in the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to to, to get an overrated. I will say, like Drew Lock, if he improves, great. But based on what he did last year, I think he is neither overrated nor underrated. He he was a he's bottom rated. five. Yeah, he was a bottom five quarterback in his performance, and I think that's how most people around the country view him based on right. kind of what we see. I, I would actually say this. I think that uh, that Denver has a higher view of Drew Locke than almost anywhere else in the NFL does.
0: Without a doubt. I, I totally agree with that, Mace.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that you kind of hear whenever you talk to anyone uh, of outside is uh, I think there's a certain degree of incredulity in a lot of precincts outside of Denver that Drew Locke is competing for the starting job and that the only guy they brought in was Teddy Bracewater.
0: Right. Right. So who, who, who for you Mace is, uh, is
2: underrated underrated. Um, I I mean, it's obvious, but I think it's Tim Patrick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, I I think so too. And I think he's a guy that could be like Shaq Barrett where he gets on the national stage the first year Mm -hmm. he leaves Denver
2: just because of, uh, you know, the, the stats he's able to put up. And then if, you know, if they've paid Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick is putting up those numbers, then uh, we're probably talking about how the Broncos could have paid less to Tim Patrick and had room <laughs> elsewhere, and blah, yep. blah 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 blah. Kind of like we talked about in the yep. first segment. Exactly. Oh, oh boy.
0: <laughs> Orange and blue all over says, which wide receiver tight end do you think benefits the most from one quarterback winning the job over the other? To him, it seems like Sutton would benefit most with Locke's willingness to throw in tight coverage, while Judy would benefit most from Teddy. Willing to throw the soft and short anticipated throws based on routes.
2: Thoughts? Well, I mean, I, think, I don't think Teddy is unwilling to throw in a tight coverage. If anything, Teddy uh, will doesn't need a huge window to throw into to, to find a guy because that's sort of his MO going back to when he was at uh, at Louisville. I think uh, we're thinking of, of Locke's willingness to throw in a tight coverage and just bomb it down, downfield, whereas I think Teddy doesn't need the same window short to intermediate. Um, Sutton benefits because Locke, I think, wants to go vertical down the field, take his chances a little bit more often than Teddy does. And Judy ben- does benefit from the anticipation-based routes, from being able to release the ball just as Judy is starting his break to the outside. That So I think, I think both benefit from the quarterbacks. You said orange and blue all over, but I think with Sutton – he benefits from Locke from a slightly different reason than you mentioned.
0: Yeah. And, and I do agree with orange and blue that, that Sutton benefits more from Locke. I mean, Locke just loves Cortland Sutton and what's not to like about him. So I think he's going to go his way more often than really any other quarterback. And then Judy, I mean, the chemistry with Teddy and Judy already is really impressive. I'm so impressed by that, especially the out route that Judy ran a couple of days ago and, and Teddy threw it with such anticipation. I think those guys are going to really gel. So I think you nailed exactly who is going to, be benefit from who orange and blue all over and he continues and says sorry to chime in again but just saw the nfl will now finally quit race norming uh, he says how the heck was this still going on up until today crazy orange and blue all over when i saw that they were ending that that's exactly what i thought i thought now they're ending it now they didn't end this forever ago how how
2: was this going on i mean that that is just wild yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. And it, it was flabbergasting that this would have been this would have been flabbergasting and horrifying to talk about in 1970 or 1980, yeah. let alone 2021. I mean, oh my my goodness, I can't believe that the I can't believe that the NFL was fat was using this blatant nonsense as as a factor in its, in its legal determinations. What the hell, NFL? Come on.
0: Yeah, just crazy. And and the way Orange and Blue put it to describe what race norming is in the NFL's terms is using the incorrect assumption that black athletes are naturally dumber than white athletes when assessing brain damage claims as method to deny claims by black athletes. It's just mind-blowing that, that this was something that was uh, still going on. It really ever was going on, but definitely still going on.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I'm glad it's been settled. It's been settled. And but yeah, how like you said, orange and blue. How was this still going on? Absolutely crazy. Coach Tobin, salutations. When a hitter swings at a ball and strikes out, then the catcher misses the ball and the hitter has to run the first and get thrown out, meaning he basically got thrown out or got, got out twice in one at bat. Is there any other occurrence in, uh, in sports this humiliating? <laughs> Great
0: point, Coach Tobin. Oh, man. What would that be equivalent to in football?
2: Oh, in football. Hmm. Uh, I, I would say mm,
0: if you're I've a kid,
2: kick- well, the one that kind of popped in my mind is that uh, you're a kicker and you miss a, you miss a field goal. I'm not talking about like a 60 yarder, but you miss like a 40 to 45 yarder. You get a penalty reprieve and then you miss again.
0: Ah, yeah, that's bad. I mean, that
2: yeah, that's a good thing. And that happened to McManus last year, didn't it? It did.
0: Yes. After the first one and you saw him miss, you're like, he's not going to miss this one. And he did.
2: He he, he hit the post both times, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the odds of that. The the talent involved with that is amazing. I'm, he, I'm gonna he go, should have said I meant to do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with uh a quarterback throwing an interception, but there's a flag on the play, and it turns out the flag was offensive pass interference.
2: So it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Or a quarterback throws an interception and then he tries to make a tackle on the return and he whiffs. Oh,
0: seriously, yeah that that's pretty embarrassing both times. I like that question, Coach Tobin. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Thanks, Coach Tobin. Next one from free Philip Lindsay, move on from Philip Lindsay. If by move on, you mean, accept he's not on the team anymore then yes, of course, but we should still make tongue in cheek comments about Mike Boone and Lindsay and think about how guys like Javante Williams and Boone stack up against what we could have had in Lindsay. That's part of football. Sometimes we go in, go in thinking of players, our team parted ways with, especially compared to the players brought in to replace them and how they performed. And especially based on how logical or illogical fans feel those decisions to part ways are let's never forget how much the pro bowl contributed to this team with the back-to-back thousand yard rushing seasons while on bad offenses and his incredible and basically unparalleled lack of fumbling arguably the most accomplished contributor to the broncos offense in the past few years still need to change my name by the way no you don't free philip Lindsay. we can say we can say that we, we, we don't have to f- totally forget about him just like you're saying he says also makes mic seems to be regularly a little lower than arcane Zach's. not a big deal but figured. I pointed out on this pod, today's pod, it should be much better. And, uh, yeah, we, we've just had a few. I don't want to say audio issues. We're still trying to work out uh, the audio levels, uh, to be precise, when we're in studio. So we, we will continue to work on that. And thanks for pointing
2: it out, Free Philip Lindsay. Yeah, appreciate it. It's above above my pay grade, but I appreciate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Melbourne Bronco. Hi guys. Finished out or finished work yesterday and decided to relive the drive one and two. Two is my favorite. Coming back to defeat Moon and the Oilers, overcoming two fourth down to get the dub and bless Gary Kubiak's hands on the winning field goal. Now, Ryan and Zach, how can you have not watched the Blues Bl- Brothers and Fletch at least 10 times? Absolute classics and, uh, and with Animal House as the funniest movie ever made.
2: Yeah, I have seen Animal House, Mace. Yes, a movie that you could not make in that form today in, in any way, shape or form. That is true. Very good point. Very much, very much a product of its time. And that's the thing you also all, all these movies you have to kind of view in the time that they were made. Although I would say that even that uh, even though Fletch, it's very 80s in the soundtrack, I'd say that the overall it holds up exceptionally well. Yes,
0: I I, 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 w- I would agree. I mean, at least with Animal House, that that's all I can comment
2: on. But I know that's a classic. I'm a zit. Get it. <laughs> john, and of course animal house and blues blues brothers both uh peak john belushi as well mm, yep of course yep brent g couple of things number one thanks for having me on the pod that was a great time two the DNVR bars doping your watch are absolute vibe city three for mr b four rk hell of a call with that top shelf miko winner last night five fraud pb and are a game changer six go nugs
0: I love it. Go nugs, go abs and Brent. Thanks so much for being on with us and thanks so much for coming to the watch parties though. They are an absolute blast. Of course, have another one tonight
2: with the nuggets. Yep. Moving on to Mark it snatch. Hey guys, number one, whoops, missed my cue. So who's the one saint that you did not like, but would have been great on your team.
0: Hmm. Saint. Uh, this is a good Mace who pops, who pops into your head. I mean,
2: the saints were so bad for so long that I can't really, it's, it's tough to think of a guy that like, I really just couldn't stand, but I would have wanted. Cause like, I go back to their dome patrol linebackers, the guys that Vic Fangio coached back in the day when he was working under Jim Mora, you know, Pat Swilling and Ricky Jackson and Vaughn Johnson and the late great Sam Mills. And I, I like those guys. I really love Sam Mills. I, I, I I loved him and wanted him on my team desperately. So yeah, that's a tough one. I can't really think of of anybody that I didn't like as a saint that I really wanted on my team.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of guys I didn't like, and man, it's, it's hard to come by him.
2: Uh, Give me Alvin Kamara. I like him, but I want him on my team. (laughs) Exactly. Zach and RK. Who's the buccaneer that you never liked, but would have loved in Denver.
0: Uh, Tom Brady <laughs> But she, I
2: thought you liked Tom Brady. Um I couldn't stand him for a long time, so I'm going okay. with that. Okay. All right, that's fair. <laughs> and mace to flip it on its head, who's the buck that you loved but would not have liked on any other team? You know what? Um Tom Brady.
0: <sighs>
2: if Warren Sapp had not been a buccaneer, I could have seen myself really hating that dude ah yes absolutely that's a good one i mean a a classic example of somebody of whom you'd say he's an ah you know what i'm i mean Mm -hmm. but he's my ah right yep (laughs) so that that's that that's the guy that pops in my mind three for mr b and Groovy. go Avs. go number four if drew Locke is working on a short passing game and teddy bridgewater is working on downfield action Will the competition come down to who can better cover the other strength? And is it concerning that they are focusing on their weaknesses and not on honing their strengths? Actually, I love the fact that they're focusing on their weaknesses. That's what you do in practice. You try to turn your weak points into strengths. You try to improve. You're trying to improve your game in the areas that it most needs improvement. I love the fact that they're both focusing on things that they can do better. Uh, and I do think you make a good point that. The competition will come down who can better cover the other strength but I also think Zach this competition is going to come down to who is the better leader and that's why it's interesting to hear how often uh when guys are asked about Bridgewater they talk about kind of his presence in the huddle and his leadership
0: mm-hmm. yeah and uh and we've heard players say I think Tim said it yesterday both of these quarterbacks should be leaders right now, and then whichever one wins the job will just take off instead of waiting to be a leader until they're named the starting quarterback and then trying to take off. That That's absolutely what they should do. And Mace, you're 100% right. I totally agree. That's what these guys should be working on. They should be working on their weaknesses and then see if they can put it all together. And if it's still a weakness or if it's a strength, come 11 on 11s, come training camp, come these preseason games. So I, I love that that's what they're working on right now. Yeah. I and love last that one too. coming in from LDJ says So I keep hearing awesome stuff about Jerry, Judy, and Cortland and Noah Fant rank these positional breakouts or great seasons coming based on which one of these guys I draft for fantasy first, second, and third. Also, is there a DNVR fantasy league? How do you get in on that? Thanks guys. Yeah, we're definitely probably going to, or we're, we're going to have a DNVR fantasy league in some form or fashion. I would imagine uh, just stay tuned as man, the clock is, is kind of getting close on that.
2: Yeah. Basically- a- a- Go ahead.
0: Oh, oh, I was going to say, how would you rank these guys in terms of fantasy with Judy
2: Cortland and fant? Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of retiring from fantasy, uh, play. I, I didn't play last year. I'm not, uh, I'm not playing this year. So I'll leave that to you, Zach.
0: Oh, you're not even going to give us a, a, a help on that. Um, no, I'm going to go, sorry. Well, I think, uh, I think Cortland and Jerry are going to eat at each, eat at each other's numbers a little bit, but I think that Jerry is going to have a thousand yard season. Cortland is going to be close to a thousand. So I give the edge to Jerry on yards and I'm going to give, I think they're both going to have right around six touchdowns. So the slight edge to Jerry in terms of fantasy and numbers and Noah Fant he's going to be one of the most productive tight ends out there. I think he's going to end up being third, fourth or fifth most productive tight end in the NFL right now. So it's it's up to you, LDJ to decide if you want the more, you know, a top 5 tight end or if you Because Jerry and Noah are going to put or Jerry and Cortland are going to put up more numbers, so more fantasy points. But that's a position that you can find a lot of guys, whereas Noah, he's going to be a top five guy. So I'm not exactly sure how to rank Noah in here for you. But man, if you can get Noah, you know, day, day two or three, you know, third round pick, that could be a fantastic pick for you, LDJ.
2: See, yeah, I mean, I don't want to rank them one, two, three, but that's why I would honestly rank Noah number one because the scarcity of productive tight ends that yeah. you can start. If you, if you're in a league where you have to start a tight end, um, there are few, there are fewer guys like Noah Fant than there are receivers who are productive. So, yeah, I'd have really to go.
0: True.
2: If I have to kind of gun to my head, I'd say probably Noah.
0: Yeah, very, very fair. I think all of these guys are going to be yeah. very productive. And May, speaking of unique. That's our friends over at MSU Denver Online. They are unique in what they do by giving you such a good education online. They're the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to -to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. And whether you're online or on campus because it's all the same to them. Their students do just as well in their online courses as they do in person, which means you can get the same degree while continuing to live your life. So check them out over at MSU Denver Online. And Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be live with the Three Ring Circus tomorrow with a very special guest, Brandon Perna in studio. So make sure to tune along with us. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Thank you all so much for rolling with us today. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow.
1: Hello, long's it been? And took a country. To-